The scripture reading today is from the Acts of the Apostles and the Gospel of John. A reading from Acts chapter 10. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptising these people who have received the Holy Spirit, just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. And now a reading from John, chapter 15. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The Word of the Lord. Good morning, City Church. I'm Scott Sherman. I'm the Executive Director of Newbigin House of Studies um, an affiliated ministry of City Church, actually, that was uh, started and born out of City Church. It cont continues to have uh, a vibrant and ongoing relationship to the ministry of City Church. I'm just really glad to be asked to speak this morning. You know, for the last nine months, um, I've been co-leading three different cohorts or, or study groups uh, for our program the Fellowship for Faith and Justice, the Newbegin House Program, uh, Fellowship for Faith and Justice. And uh, in our groups, when we get started, we usually have a check-in. Um, and the check-in I like to use is the one where you share a rose, a thorn, and a bud. You know, something hard, something good, something promising. And I think I've noticed is that there are just less thorns in 2021. Uh, things seem to be a, a little bit, a little bit better in general. But honestly, when it comes to roses, well, it's not exactly time to cue Ethel Merman just yet. Everything is not coming up roses. Uh, I read a helpful description of what I think a lot of us are experiencing right now. Uh, it was in a New York Times article by uh, an industrial psychologist at Wharton named Adam Grant. And he says, 
there's a name for this blah feeling that a lot of us are, are having, um, which he describes as the neglected child of mental health, <laughs> the void between depression and flourishing, which he calls languishing. Languishing is this idea of, it's a, it's a, it's a state that just dulls your motivation, disrupts your ability to focus, uh, sorry, makes you indifferent uh, to your indifference. Uh, your experience of life can become, well, in the words of the ever sagacious Bart Simpson, meh. Our two readings today from the Gospel of John, the book of Acts, I, th I think offer us some hope, uh, especially if you are languishing. There's a promise for vitality in Jesus's words. He's, he is inviting us to, in a sense, make our home in the divine channel of love that is the life of the triune God into God's mothering love. By the way, that's my shout out to Mother's Day. <laughs> love you, God. <laughs> love you, Mom. Uh, but, uh, uh, it's 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 that invitation into that mothering love. Uh, it's actually beautifully described uh, that invitation to love uh, by one of my favorite spiritual writers lately, uh, the lectionary essayist Debbie Thomas. She says this about the John reading. She says, in the vine and branch metaphor, Jesus' love is not our example; it's our source. It's where our love originates and deepens, where it replenishes itself. Jesus' commandment to us is not that we wear ourselves out trying to conjure love from our own easily depleted resources. Rather, it is that we abide in the holy place where divine love becomes possible. Ten different times in that chapter, Jesus talks about abiding. He says, abide. Abide in my love. Let my words abide in you. It, it points to a kind of continual seeking of God's presence uh, to a life of mindfulness, of, of mystical communion with Jesus through spiritual practices of prayer and worship, and especially of remembering Jesus' teaching, the words of Jesus. Okay, Studies of languishing show that what actually helps that state, mental state, is something called flow. Uninterrupted immersion in projects. A lot of us are tethered to our smart smartphones 24-7. Uh, studies show we check our emails an average of 74 times a day. We switch tasks every 10 minutes. There's, there's a major flow catastrophe going on, um, which is why so many of us are languishing. So what would it look like to create space and rhythms in your life to center yourself in a spiritual source? Where is, where is your space for spiritual flow? Uh, the theologian Rowan Williams describes that kind of spiritual practice. He likens it to the practice of sunbathing. 
He says, when you're lying on the beach, something's happening. Something that has nothing to do with how you feel or how hard you're trying. You're not going to get a better tan by screwing up your eyes and concentrating. You give the time. And that's it. All you have to do is turn up. And then things change at their own pace. You simply have to be there where the light can get at you. The result of that flow, the fruit of that, well, Leslie Newbigin says it this way, it's simply the life of Jesus made visible in the midst of the life of the world. Which, shifting to the Acts story, that life of Jesus is what you see in Technicolor, uh, 8K HD. Uh, Jesus promises to be the sustaining source, and then Acts shows the source, life in the Spirit, and how it will lead to surprises. There's a story behind that little vignette that we read. Um, Peter, the, the apostle Peter, the disciple of Jesus, to his horror as an observant Jew, he has a vision. And in his vision, it's a non-kosher picnic coming down from heaven uh, on a sheet. And as it comes down, and there's live animals, it's a picnic with live animals, it's going to be like a kill and eat picnic, a voice tells him, kill and eat. And it's not kosher. And he says, no way, I can't do that. And then the voice says, do not call unclean what God calls clean. And that, and he, he doesn't do it. <laughs> and it happens, his dream, it keeps going. It's, it's like in a loop. And it happens three times. And then he wakes up. And when he wakes up, he meets someone who's, who's come to see him from somebody else's house who's also had a vision. And that other person is Cornelius, a Roman army centurion. <laughs> uh, and he says, I've, you know, my master has, has had a dream, and he says, you have to come. So Peter goes to this Gentile's house, and when he gets there, he says, essentially, why am I here? <laughs> and Cornelius tells him about his vision. Uh, and his vision was just sent for this guy named Peter. And he says, you're supposed to tell me about something. So Peter has a moment, and he realizes God doesn't play favorites, actually. And he shares the news of Jesus with Cornelius, with his household. They believe. And then here's the thing. The Gentiles have their own version of Pentecost. The same thing that the great miracle that's celebrated in Acts chapter 2. Goyim Pentecost happens. Uh, the wind, the Holy Spirit, all the same stuff happens in that little, in that little story. Uh, the Spirit falls, and there's the miracle of tongues, which, by the way, in this context just means languages. People are, are praising God in their native languages, which, which is not a miracle, actually, but <laughs> everyone can understand what is being said by people in other languages in their own native language. And unless you have a Star Trek Universal Translator, that's a miracle. So here's the thing. Miracles, the word miracle means sign. 
And here, that's the point. It's amplifying. It's pointing to something. And the thing it's pointing to is the radically inclusive love of God. The, the love source uh, of the vine and the branches, what it does, actually, it doesn't just nurture, it surprises. It shakes up and it breaks down walls and it brings people together so that every person, every place becomes a specific site of infinite love. The post-colonial theologian Christopher Durasing calls this this Pentecost miracle, the gift of God's surprising movement, the gift of being permeable and open to each other, mutual and multi-voiced. And the theologian Willie James Jennings says, he actually says there are two miracles in this little story in Acts. You know, there's the language hearing miracle, but he says the second one is right there in the last sentence we read, then they invited him to stay for several days. Okay, spirit falls, they're baptized. Then they invite him to stay, and he, and he stays. He made good trouble. <laughs> it, Jews and Gentiles did not do this at this time. Uh, and when I say good trouble, I really mean it. It triggered the first council of the church. The first council of the Christian church, the Jerusalem council in Acts 11, was convened to ask Peter, you ate with Gentiles? Pentecost is often called the, the birthday of the church. But Goyim Pentecost, Gentile Pentecost, shows us that the spirit is uh, throwing less of a birthday party and more of a block party. It's neighbor fest for everyone. And that's really what I want to encourage you with this morning. Yeah, this is what I've got. Um, you know, that longing that you have for a just world, a, a reconciled, love-filled world where no one is excluded or privileged, that really is God's preferred future. That's, that's God's dream. And as we open ourselves to that love, to that source, um, and as we take sacrificial steps to follow in the way of love, there will be surprises. But there will also be holy flow. We'll be led from fear to freedom, from our languishing into loving from meh into joy in the Holy Spirit as we become beloved community.